And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us on the line. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. How are you doing this Tuesday? I'm doing very well as always. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Uh, Today is actually yeah. slightly dusty in the morning. I know. <laughs> It's well, hazy. Dusty is the right word to use today. <laughs> hazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So everyone uh, getting ready for work. Brace yourselves. The temperature difference is really big too. So be ready for that. I know, yeah. right? How, how does one prepare for that? Layers? Oh, something <sighs> like that. Yeah, I mean, if you put a layer on, it gets a bit too hot during the day. But if you take it off, uh, it gets a bit too. Uh, yeah, it's a weird, weird climate we're living in. Yeah. No, I do think we have a thing with picking on climate and temperatures, particularly like if we're having a bad day. I usually yeah. blame the weather. You know, for someone who's lived in the UK for most of his life, I think weather does play <laughs> a bit of a part in how you feel. Okay. I feel so much happier now that I'm living in Korea with the seasons. All right. Where I don't have to worry about rain every day. All right. Well, there you go. So maybe it is a legitimate case after all. Thank you very much, Anna, for joining us this morning. Let's jump into keyword news. As always, we're going to try to clarify some of these major headlines for you, starting with this first pick of the day. Aid to North Korea. So President Yoon Suk-yeol has given his first policy speech to the National Assembly. One of the key takeaways, it seems, was an offer to help North Korea fight the pandemic. Humanitarian aid seems to be an agreeable point for South Korea and its allies. Run us through what he said. Right. Well, you noted that there are no strings attached to the South's humanitarian assistance. And he told Parliament that, door, that the door is always open for humanitarian aid, regardless of the political and military considerations of inter-Korean relations. Now, he said that if the North responds positively, Seoul will not spare efforts to provide vaccines, medication, uh, medical supplies, and even public health workers. Now, there are doubts about North Korea's vaccination Uh, and treatment capabilities. Mm. Uh, Watchers believe Pyongyang is reporting an out on the outbreak to indirectly appeal to the outside world for help. Um, but there's also hopes that uh, humanitarian aid to the North might open up the chances for resuming um, inter-Korean talks. But that as, of, as of yet, uh, there is no response from North Korea. Mm. Uh, so mm. um, it seems like it is still... relying on domestic means uh, so far. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. There are reports that it has reached out to China, but that hasn't been confirmed yet. Mm. Uh, so as things stand, uh, North Korea is still struggling with the pandemic. Right. And it, it seems that, you know, the border is largely has been closed to with China during the heat of the pandemic. Mm. We'll have to wait and see what kind of humanitarian aid is, well, asked for by North Korea because they would have to first respond to these calls for help for any kind yeah. of aid to go into the country. So what else yeah. came out of this first pol uh, policy speech to the Nationalist Assembly by President Yoon Sung-yeol? Right. Well, in terms of domestic issues, Yoon also called for bipartisan cooperation to address various challenges that South Korea is facing. He noted that the country is taking on external challenges, including the unstable global supply chain, Uh, the fluctuating financial markets and, of course, North Korea's escalating missile and nuclear threats. And he stressed that he needs the National Assembly's help to expand economic and security cooperation with major countries. Uh, and to overcome those challenges, Yoon said the country needs reforms in the uh, pension service, labor and education. Mm. Now, the president also called for the prompt approval of his government's 59 trillion won supplementary budget. 
And he also asked the leaders of the rival parties for cooperation in approving Prime Minister nominee Handok Su. Um, now, the atmosphere after Yoon's speech was mostly cordial, mm. with even some Democratic Party members uh, giving him applause. Uh, Yoon wore a light blue tie, interestingly, the colour of the Democratic Party, to get <laughs> in their books. Um, and also, the first people he shook hands with after the speech were officials from the DP. So mm. he's certainly trying to uh, reach out to the what is now the main opposition party to try and get their cooperation in pushing through with his agendas and policies. That's right, because he would need the, the now main opposition's large support. Uh, let's turn our attention to our second keyword of the day. May 18th ceremony. So in another apparent overture to the Liberals, Yoon has all, uh, urged his top aides, ministers, and the People Power Party lawmakers to attend a ceremony remembering the May 18th Gwangju democratization movement. That's right. Watchers believe Yoon is trying to appeal to the liberal southwestern Honam region, and reports suggest that all newly appointed presidential secretaries, ministers, as well as uh, the PPP lawmakers are expected to travel to Gwangju on Wednesday tomorrow to attend the annual event, uh, a ceremony marking the 42nd anniversary of the May 18th democratization movement will be held in the city to honor uh, pro-democracy activists who lost their lives there. They mm. fought against the then President Chun Doo-hwan, who seized power through a coup uh, in 1979. Now, Along with the surrounding provinces of South Chola and North Chola, Gwangju holds a reputation as kind of a liberal stronghold. Um, conservative politicians like Yoon have often flocked to the city for photo ops and to stress uh, the importance of national unity. Mm -hmm. uh, Yoon himself had travelled to the May 18th National Cemetery during the campaign to appeal to the Honam region and supporters there. Mm -hmm. Um, at least 14 ministers who have been appointed by Yoon were told to attend Wednesday's ceremony, but it remains to be seen how many will actually show up. Uh, the PPP chairman, Lee Jun-sug, also wrote on his social media that every lawmaker in the party has decided to attend the ceremony unless they had a, a conflict in their schedule that could not be rearranged. So it seems like the uh, now ruling party and the ministers are on board with mm. Yoon's initiative to have everyone um, attend uh, that ceremony mm. uh, to, again, try and get cooperation from uh, the Democratic Party as mm. well as get some uh, or liberal support down there. All right, on to our third keyword of the day. Big step hike. So Bank of Korea gover uh, Governor Lee Chang-yong has hinted at the possibility of a bigger rate hike than initially thought or projected. What's the latest? Right. So it seems like he's kind of pressured to make some uh, big step uh, moves. And mm. he said that he does not rule out the possibility of taking what is known as a big step, which is basically a hike in the benchmark interest rate by half a percentage point. Uh, the remark comes ahead of the BOK's next rate setting meeting that's scheduled on May 26th. And it also comes as the interest gap between Korea and the United States is a uh, narrowing rapidly over the U.S. Fed's faster-than-expected tapering. Um, it was the first time for E, who will chair his first policy meeting on May 26, to mention uh, a big step. The BOK usually adjusts the base interest rates by about 25 basis points. Now, watchers believe a possible reversal of the interest gap could spark an exodus of capital from Seoul if the BOK does not take corresponding measures 
Um, he told uh, reporters after his meeting with Finance Minister Chu Kyung Ho that the decision on whether to take a big step should be made by considering how much further consumer prices will rise mm-hmm. and other related circumstances in a comprehensive manner. Of course, we've seen inflation skyrocket. It's kind of uh, nearing or hovering about that 5% mark now. Um, he said Korea is not in a position to completely put aside the possibility of a big step due to uncertainty. So um, it seems like he is being put under pressure to make some big moves there, mm-hmm. although it is his stance not the BOKs uh, we'll have to see what the red fake uh, what the sorry the the rate setting meeting um, turns out to be uh, the results from that uh, fed chairman Jerome Powell has sounded less hawkish than expected by some investors but mm. he still hinted at multiple 50 basis point rate hikes over in the US now if realized the policy rate of the US that remains in the range of 3 quarter percent to 1% can outpace that of Korea uh, at one and a half percent, unless the BOK moves faster to hike the rate mm. uh, rates. Now, in what was seen as a bid not to provoke the market, the BOK said in a statement that E's remarks should be seen as a theoretical view that the BOK considers every possibility in its monetary uh, policy. And now, after E's comments, the uh, bond pr- uh, bond yields have increased, and so. Um, the BOK is trying to downplay any impact mm-hmm. that E's comments are having. Mm-hmm. But of course, we'll have to wait until May uh, 26 to see what the outcome of that meeting is. All right, Adam, let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Radio silence. So South Korea has tried to contact North Korea time and time again, but uh, re- most recently to offer pandemic-related aid. But the regime is said to be unresponsive. What's the latest? Yeah, so Seoul's Unification Ministry said it had notified North Korea of its offer on Monday through the Inter-Korean Joint Liaison Office. Now, the ministry said it was seeking to propose a working-level meeting also between the authorities of the two Koreas in that notice. Um, Unification Minister Kwon Young-se called on the regime to respond to the offer. He reiterated President Yoon's remarks that uh, there are no strings attached to the South's medical or quarantine assistance. Mm. Um, And a senior official at the ministry said it will be uh, patient and keep waiting for Pyongyang's uh, response. Now, the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un blasted officials over slow medicine deliveries and ordered his military to respond to the surging but largely undiagnosed COVID-19 crisis. Mm. Um, He even visited pharmacies in the capital where he pointed out the short supply uh, of medicine. Now, state media said there were 1.2 million people who fell ill with fever and 50 dead in a matter of days. It did not specify COVID-19, though, as the cause of death. Mm. Um, However, many experts are kind of sceptical of the official figures, with few believing that a country of around 25, 26 million people had been spared until now by a virus that has infected millions worldwide. Now, the North likely lacks test kits and other tools to detect virus carriers with no or mild symptoms, which means that several million might already have been infected. Now, while neighboring South Korea and China have offered to send medical supplies and other help, experts say it's a bit too late to inoculate the North's 26 million people. Uh, They say the only realistic outside help would be offering limited supplies of vaccines to reduce deaths uh, among high-risk groups. That's Mm. what basically experts are saying Mm. um, the level is at at North Korea right now. And it's unclear 
whether and how soon Kim would accept outside offers of aid because he has previously rallied for unity at home to guard against the pandemic without kind of resorting to foreign help. Mm. Um, Yanap News, though, has cited a diplomatic source as saying that the North has asked China for assistance, but there is no official comment uh, on the matter um, as of yet. So we'll have to wait and see. All right. And finally, on to our last keyword of the day. Joining NATO. So Sweden and Finland have confirmed that they will apply for NATO membership in a historic shift that comes as a result of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, What's the latest? What do we know so far? Right. Well, in Sweden, the governing Social Democrats said they backed joining the Western Security Alliance, paving the way for the country to apply. The announcement came soon after Finland formally announced it too would apply to join the group. Now, Russia sees NATO as kind of a security threat and has warned of consequences. It's kind of opposed to Ukraine joining the body as well. Mm. Um, Now, Sweden stayed neutral in World War II and for more than two centuries has actually avoided joining military alliances. Mm. Uh, Finland shares a 1,300-kilometre border with Russia. Uh, Until now, it has stayed out of NATO to avoid kind of antagonising its uh, eastern neighbour. In a statement, Sweden's Social Democrats said they would work toward membership, something supported by the public and most opposition parties, and a formal application is likely within days. Uh, But the Social Democrats added that they were opposed to stationing nuclear weapons or hosting um, NATO bases. So they're basically joining uh, the body, but they're not going to really hold any military presence in its country. Um, For Finland, Finland's president, Sauli Ninisto, earlier uh, confirmed his country would apply, calling it a historic day. He spoke to Russia's president, Vladimir Putin, in fact, about the decision, saying he wanted to say it straight, in Mm. his words. Um, Foreign ministers of NATO countries who are meeting in Berlin, they've pledged to provide security guarantees for both Finland and Sweden while their bids to join NATO are being ratified by all member states. That's a process that can actually take Uh, up to a year. It's kind of a timely process. Um, There is opposition, though, from Turkey, which is a NATO member state, saying it won't approve Sweden and Finland uh, joining NATO. Um, That's because Turkey kind of accuses both the Nordic countries of having given support to the Kurdistan Workers' Party, or PKK, which has been waging an armed struggle against the Turkish government for Mm. decades now. Mm. Um, But the US Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, and NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg said they are confident of overcoming Turkish objections to both countries' memberships. Um, And interestingly, Vladimir Putin isn't sounding too uh, opposed to the idea of Sweden and Finland. He says uh, Russia will tolerate both countries joining NATO, but warned the Kremlin would uh, respond if the alliance installed any military bases or equipment in either country, Mm. uh, and basically saying that uh, uh, the NATO enlargement posed real no direct threat for Russia. Uh, adding that he had no problems of either uh, Finland or Sweden joining. Uh, I feel like there is more to dig up in that story in itself, but we've run out of time today. We'll maybe mm. pick up in the days to come. Thank you very much, Adam. We'll speak to you again tomorrow. You're welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.